This is Pastor John Black. I preached a sermon this past Sunday uh, on Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 through 29, to the church at Thyatira, which I entitled Thyatira Tolerance. But we had a problem. Video worked well, but no sound. So anyone watching online um, wasn't able to hear anything of the service. And so I thought what I would do is to go ahead and just sort of, I hate to say re-preach it here, but I'm going to read through my notes that I had. The problem with my notes um, is that when I preach, I have notes, but I don't always use them exactly. And there were lots of things that were said in the sermon that there's no way I'm going to be able to remember or say again here, but... You know, God does what God does for his purposes and his reasons. So what I'm going to do now, though, is I'm going to read um, the text uh, and we'll pray and then go through my notes here. So this may be a little different, will be different than a typical sermon because I'm here at home by myself. Um, but here, the word of the Lord. Let, let's pray first. Father God, sitting here by myself. Maybe sometimes three or four other people listen to this thing. Maybe more. Who knows over time what happens. But I just pray that um, you will use the preaching of your word in powerful ways. Overcome my inability to communicate well. And just pray for the unction of your spirit. And for those who have an ear, that they will be able to hear what the spirit has to say. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Revelation chapter 2, again, verses 18 through 29. And to the church in Thyatira, write the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation, unless they repent of her works." And I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden, only hold fast to what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The word of the Lord. Always by way of reminder, this is from the book of Revelation, Greek, the Apocalypto, the Apocalyptus, 
which means the unveiling. So this is a, revel a revealing of something. A drawing back of the curtain is not to veil something, but it is done in such a way that you do need the key to, f to understand what is the symbolism here. Uh, apocalyptic writing is a genre of writing that uses um, odd and strange symbolism, the beasts and dragons and ten-headed dragons and things like this. And so we're supposed to be, okay, there's somehow we're supposed to know what these things mean. And the Bible says that those who are his servants will understand. And so we use the Old Testament as a key to understanding. But in these seven letters to seven churches, there's also the, um, the idea the, 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 that these seven letters are written to seven actual particular churches that existed, historically existed at the time of the writing. And each of these cities, um, God uses a, particular, a particularity about each city to make a point. Now, if this, if these letters are just for the past, then you know, they're of historical interest to historians, and I'm sure there's things we could learn from that. Um, if it's only for the church in the future, where the end of time, the end of days is happening, then, you know, okay, we'll just keep reading and assume possibly that's us. But Obviously, the Word of God is for the people of God through all time, and so there are timeless lessons for us to learn, no matter where we find ourselves in the timeline of, of God's power and justice. <coughs> Excuse me. In verse 1, um, again, each letter starts with characteristics of God that were mentioned in um, chapter chapter 1 at the beginning of the revelation and so this one is, is no different and we read here so in verse 18 to the angel of the church of Thyatira write the words of the son of God now this is interesting because in the beginning of revelation uh, revelation 1 uh, 13 it says the son of man which is a reference back to Daniel and to Jesus favorite self-designation of himself because it points back to Daniel, to the one who's coming in the times, the Ancient of Days, points to deity itself, um, actually. And so, but here, Son of God, power, deity, um, that this is an important message and that he is God and he has eyes like flame of fire. In other words, he can see all things penetrating. And the idea of fire in the Bible typically has an idea of judgment and purification, um, which is a type of judgment itself, too. Um, so he has these eyes of flame and then feet like burnished bronze. And again, this is the idea of judgment. Um, if you want to look at Isaiah 63, verses 3 and 6, you see the idea of God trampling over his enemies. Um, and then this idea of burnished bronze. Um, the word for burnished bronze here um, in in Greek is the only time this word is used in in the Bible, and is particular to Thyatira. Interestingly, because they had uh, many guild workers, they were like um, today's unions, but uh, uh, even stronger. You could not work anywhere unless you were in a guild, and it gave you great. Um, respect as well to be a member of a guild and they were like families too and they would have festivals and 
uh, meetings and gatherings. Each guild had their own god, and so you had to, when you showed up for these festivals, which were frequent, um, you had to give some sort of obeisance, some sort of uh, acknowledgement to that god. And um, one of the gods that they all worshipped was Caesar. So you also had to say Caesar is Lord. You had to say Caesar is, 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 is deity. He's a god, the son of God, actually. So it's interesting that Jesus here calls himself the son of God, not Caesar. And, but this um, word for burnished bronze is thought perhaps may have been the actual type of bronze that was made there in Thyatira. Thyatira was particularly known for its bronze. Um, it was famous for its bronze. And here um, Jesus is speaking to the church there and saying, you know, I have feet like burnished bronze and this is going to come over you and will trample you. And in verse 19 he says i know your works again repeated um, more or less to each church i know your works your love your faith and service and your patient endurance he also said the patient endurance in ephesus and in chapter 1 verse 9 john the revelator he actually says the author of this letter says that he shares this in fellowship with them the patient endurance that's found in christ jesus and so this church has a lot of good things going for it and that your latter works, your later works, exceed your first. Now, this is um, in contradistinction to Ephesus because they had abandoned their first love. But now he's saying to this church, you know what? You guys, you're really hitting on all cylinders. Your works, the things you're doing as a church. Um, and in this context and in Ephesus, it probably has to do with outreach and evangelism and, and things like this. So they're out there. Um, you know, doing the works of the Lord, and and they're doing it with love and faith and service. It says, you know, so that look, this is man, you guys are really doing good, and and therefore good works, love, faith, and service, they're they're good for churches to do. We should look at ways to do this, but we also have a need for patient endurance. So things may um, not look like they're going so well. Uh, they may not appear as if God is really in control. Um, you can be doing love, faith, and service, and why would you need patient endurance? The need for patient endurance means a lot of hardship. A lot of hardships, and hardships do come to believers, else there's no need for that patience or endurance. And in verse 20, he says, But, yeah, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel. Now, Jezebel, it's a famous, most people have heard of Jezebel before, and it's probably not a, an actual woman named Jezebel because you know, who would name their child Jezebel today or back then, um, that she was a very wicked woman um, from the Old Testament. And she, but this woman here is calling herself a prophetess, I'm not saying that she is a prophetess, but she's calling herself that. And she's teaching and seducing who Jesus says are my servants. And, you know, it's interesting, um, again, this word servants, because it's brought up at the beginning here. Sometimes we're called as children, as brothers, but servants here because we're supposed to listen and follow and serve the lord but she is teaching and seducing my servants to sexual immorality and to eat the food of idols and this has to do again with the worship that's taking place in thyatira this is the culturally acceptable and expected thing to do it isn't like you can get away with just saying ah, it's not for me no you will do this or you're just not you know, you're, you're not you're not considered good in our day. Look at this woke culture, cancel culture, and this is a lot of what um, 
I think how this applies to the church today. If there's certain things you don't do, certain things you don't say, certain um, what we call it virtue signaling that you do, if you don't do them, well, things can go diff- be difficult for you. But there's this teaching and of sexual immorality and to eat the food sacrificed to idols. Now, Paul, in, I think it's 1 Corinthians, he says, you know, it's not food sacrificed to idols. Idols are nothing. You don't worry about it for conscience sake. Just don't ask. Just eat. You know, if it's put before you, eat it and don't worry about it. But in this case, it's talking about in worship. You know what's happening. And Paul says not to do that because... Um, for the conscience of your weaker brother, he sees you do anything, so it's okay to worship idols. And here you're participating publicly in something that God has particularly condemned. And this woman is teaching him to do it. And he says to the church, and you tolerate it. You know, to the angel, the church at Thyatira, and we believe that you know, angel means messenger, and this is probably the leaders of the church, and you guys are tolerating it. So tolerance is a bad thing if it's a bad thing that you're tolerating. And and this is terrible. So Jezebel, um, if you want to look her up later, First Kings chapters 16, 19, 21. And she's killed. So you read about her death in Second Kings chapter 9, verses 30 through 37. She's the evil queen of northern Israel, the wife of King Ahab. She leads him and their people into sexual immorality and idolatry. So you see the same thing happen. There's a spirit of Jezebel. This is a demonic activity that's guiding someone, and many people are being deceived by it again in the church at Thyatira and many today as well. Um, So why? (laughs) You would think, okay, we got a prophetess in church, stands up. Says, all right, you know, maybe not in the middle of worship service, but teaching some book or something, you know, whether, you know, however she sounds, whether it's like uh, Joyce Myers, you know, she has that sort of voice, or Paula White, that sort of voice, or whatever she's doing, however she's teaching it, she is saying, maybe, you know, what will cause somebody to think, okay, we'll be, we'll, you know, if somebody came in today, let's, let's practice sexual immorality and eat food sacrificed to idols. Well, no, <laughs> but, you know, we had to look at ourselves and say, well, in what ways do we? You know, and how would that have worked out? How could anybody be deceived by that in any church? And it's because it was acceptable in culture. Maybe it was, you know, it's okay. You're clothed in Christ. Um, you, you're forgiven. You, your heart's not in this, but you need to do these things at the festivals or else you won't be able to participate in the festivals. You'll lose your job. You'll lose your, you could lose your family. You could you know, lose standing in the community. And then what happens to the church? I mean, maybe, you know, what happens to your money? You can't give to church. You can't raise your family. Um, and then maybe it's your way of reaching people. You know, we go to the festivals and participate in these things so that you can, you know, help people understand Jesus better. Because just being isolationistic, it's not going to work. And so you can see how people maybe were like, okay, we will capitulate. We will fall in love. We'll love our culture so much that we become a part of it. But then the distinction of Jesus Christ is gone. And so, you know, you can picture somebody being dragged into the office, you know, your guild, your bronze guild. It was like, uh, you know, um, 
Flavius, um, come in here a minute. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, well, Flavius, yeah, gosh, you're a great worker and everything, but I'm getting reports. People are getting a little upset about the fact, you know, apparently you don't go to the festivals. You need to be there. You know you need to be there. And then I've heard you have gone, and we spent a bunch of money on on, um, on this food where we're worshiping Apollo and um, festival prostitutes who spend a bunch of money on and you don't participate in any of this stuff you just people noticing and they're feeling a little judged and they're starting to wonder about you and i'm afraid i'm gonna have to let you go and what do you do do you say well you know i have to stand up for my faith in jesus christ and confess the good word before my boss here or do you say yes sir i hear what you're saying and um i appreciate it and you know there's this prophetess at my church that's saying it's okay to do it. All right. <laughs> you know, you give in. Then that's what the demonic activity behind cancel culture is. You know, just in the church um, in, in in Germany, they used to put up um, uh, swastikas in the church. You know, and then you or you could put swastikas up in your in your store so that they knew you were acceptable and they'd leave you alone. Or you know, today people will put you know BLM stuff up or Antifa things, and it's like it's, and that's supposed to protect you, but but it doesn't. And particularly as churches and as Christians, we have to stand for truth, speak the truth, speak it in love. But you do have to speak it and let your good deeds be seen so they may glorify your Father in heaven. So if they do have some problem with you, that it's because you're standing for righteousness and not anything else. So um, we have to be careful of the things that we tolerate and why we might tolerate it. Because things are worshipped in our culture, sex, fame, money, sports, material things, comfort, ease, political power. Um, on and on it goes. You know, you have to be in favor of the teaching about um, white supremacy is the biggest problem in this country. You have to um, follow and be in favor of, you know, BLM Incorporated. You have to, um, you know, think that Antifa is okay. You have to, you know, the things that you're called to do more and more, um, and it's not, you know, we haven't got to the point yet, but, you know, Rod Dreher in his book, um, Live Not By Lies talks about the soft totalitarianism, how this is how it starts. So be willing to speak up now before things are too late, and especially don't tolerate this bad teaching in the church. Um, and we have to be aware of this today because there's lots of bad teaching in the church, um, particularly having to do with trying to capitulate to the culture. So we have to be very careful with it because Jesus calls us um, to possible judgment if we do this too much. And... Um, so we know same old demon, same old tricks. So you shouldn't be caught by surprise. Um, we have to be careful of compromise. Especially when compromise can save your job, keep your friend. Compromise can save your house. Compromise can save your boat. It can um, keep your standing in the community. You know, how much loss do you think you can tolerate before you compromise with the culture? I'm afraid a lot of cultural people make compromises with the culture to attend a little bit of church so they can feel like they've appeased their God and now they can go about and frolic and play and work and do whatever they want to um, by offering a pinch of incense to Jesus Christ or saying Jesus is Lord and just kind of getting by with it. But that won't do. Dr. Kelly has a quote in his commentary on Revelation. He says, Sometimes a disastrous compromise can draw a crowd. So 
churches will compromise oftentimes to draw a crowd and it works verse 21 um he says that um she's been given time to repent so jesus cares about the purity of his church and we're either possessed by the spirit of christ or we're possessed by the spirit of the age there's not really any other um position for people in the world um it's no good trying to please the world trying to keep everybody superficially happy um, that's what the government's doing and it is not the mission of the church, nor is it the mission of the government, actually. But um, the churches make disciples, followers, and pro proclaimers of the truth of the gospel is found only in Jesus Christ. So stop making excuses for the world. Stop complaining about the world and not advancing the kingdom of God. We have to get the logs out of our eyes. And here's some notes that I have here. You know, perhaps many churches are performing gay marriages and the Episcopal Church is ordaining transsexuals to ministry. Um, issues in our culture that go on that the gospel clearly addresses, but we need to remember that unborn babies' lives do matter. We need to be able to say that. Um, we have to, when we stop proclaiming the gospel... So when we skip over judgment, or we only talk about Jesus as being our friend and caregiver, we have to be very careful of that, because then we cease to be servants of Christ. If we call ourselves Christians, um, we, and, and we go to church, then that's n not enough. That We have been warned, and we need to be aware that we cannot compromise with the world, with our culture. And then in verse 22 in Revelation, it says, Behold, I will throw her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation, unless they repent of her works. And that's interesting, if you read the Second Kings reference, that the way Jezebel is killed is she's thrown out of the window. Um, so, you know, I will throw her into a sickbed. And it's, again, not literally this particular person necessarily, although it could be, but um, there's going to be judgment. And we read about this in Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Um, when he's talking about the Lord's Supper, he says, you know, you're, there's been judgment there. That's why some of you are sick and, well and, some are sick and ill and some have died uh, because you're not discerning the body. Now, this doesn't mean that everybody who takes communion improperly, God is going to kill. But it does mean that churches can be judged by the way they are improperly professing Jesus Christ, particularly when it comes to the Lord's Supper and baptism and things like this. You, you, you're, you're acting one way. You're presenting Jesus Christ as something he's not, and you're living the life of the, the hypocrite. And so we have to be very careful with these things. God takes these things seriously. And if you're not judged in this life, um, you will be judged in the world to come. Um, but to the rest of you, he says, just hang in there a little longer. And to the one who conquers, I'll give the morning star. And that's he, him himself. He gives us his light. He gives authority over the nations. Um, so there will be authority. There will, this will come to an end. And we're to be victors. To keep his works until the end. And we'll receive authority. And he'll give us himself. And we just need to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen.